Welcome, everyone, and kudos to your ongoing journey or leap into a new world of opportunity. Inside Japan Podcast is a stepping stone for your next adventure. It is a show filled with informative interviews, perspectives on local life, and how you can master your path into the unknown. For today, kick back and listen to the wisdom of our host, James. All right, guys, very special guest here on my last my last show hosting here. Don't get too sad out there. The show is continuing on with a great host. His name is Charlie. How are you doing today, Charlie? Hey, James. So good to talk with you. Yes, it is nice to have you on here. And you've been on here before, I know, but just in case some people out there did not hear it, can you tell us a little bit about you? What do you do in Japan? What are you all about? Right. So uh, I've been in Japan for about eight years and I started off as a teacher, but I actually just did my last day of teaching today. And uh, I'm going full on into my marketing job, which is um, working with jobs in Japan um, and uh, other clients as well. And then also my YouTube channel, which is about coffee. So I've got a whole bunch of stuff going on and uh, it's very exciting. Awesome. That sounds good. So I guess just to get my last kind of uh, my last interview about how people got to their positions. Uh, what's your kind of one piece of advice you give people that say, hey, I don't want to be an English teacher anymore. What do I got to do to get out of this? What's your kind of encompass all your advice in, in a few sentences, I guess? <laughs> That's a great <laughs> question. Um, I think the best thing really is to figure out what your value is to the society, to the marketplace. A lot of people come to Japan as English teachers and they they want to... Uh, they, they basically, they want to enjoy the experience of being in Japan, but they don't really realize what is their actual value that they're offering to Japan other than being an English speaker. So I think of all of the things that I've learned, like how to do video editing, how to do uh, social media and uh, writing and things like that, that have allowed me to actually diversify what I do for a living over the past couple of years. So yeah, the biggest thing is figure out what is your value? What are the skills you actually want to bring here rather than sort of treating it like a extended holiday? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, and and re- just recently I've been seeing some like, um, I heard that Taiwan Taiwanese people have been taken over the uh, position as the most uh, the most numbers of foreigners in Japan. Uh, they took over the Chinese actually. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, and, uh, and I was looking at why that happens. And, and people don't realize from, you know, us, us, us white guys uh, from our English-speaking countries, that they're coming here because the conditions in their country are, are so much lower than Japan. But the, when they come to Japan, they have to do a lot to even get to Japan to play these minimum wage-paying jobs. And you know, and we look at all of us; we still complain about the conditions in Japan. But really, like we are, like we get paid like kings compared to what they do. And people, mm. it, it just, I think it's a good perspective for people to know that there's a whole another side of. Be working in Japan as a foreigner that people just don't even know about or hear about, but they're way more than English teachers. Are these Taiwanese workers and, and Chinese workers as well? They're just doing these hard jobs and they get paid minimum wage. Just I don't know. It's tangent. Sorry, sorry, tangent. Yeah. But um, anyway, it's 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 uh, I think people would change their mind about how much they complain about their positions in Japan if they'd heard about it. You know. <laughs> right. Bit, it isn't that is an important point because I think a lot of people complain about their situation no matter what it is, and I I think that, you know everyone has their baseline, right? Like you can live in a well developed country and feel bad that's totally normal and fine everyone has uh you know and, and you know the sort of old parents way of saying to you like you know there's some kids starving in africa or something yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. yeah but like that doesn't mean that there aren't you know ups and downs in life wherever you are but i do think there is a call for gratitude i think that's an important point that you made that we should have gratitude for the opportunity to do the things that we get to do 
Yeah, yeah. And you shouldn't feel bad about having these great opportunities, but you got to take advantage of it and don't complain about what you have because, you know, just being in Japan working as an English teacher is a, is a good job to get started with, you know? But um, yeah. anyways, I've said enough, Charlie. So, Charlie, I heard you have some <laughs> questions for me to get your, your hosting career set on this Inside Japan podcast, so let me have it. Right. So, yeah, I really want to kind of extract all of the opinions and understanding that you've gotten over, what was it, 10 years in Japan? 11 years nearly? Yeah, about there. Yeah, 11, 11, just about 11. Yep. Right. So um, you've been doing the Inside Japan podcast for a while, and I'm sure you've talked to uh, a lot of interesting people as well. So, like, what are the what are the things that kind of key qualities and characteristics that people who you've talked to on this podcast and people that you've met in your time in Japan, um, what are the qualities and characteristics they have that they really, you know, get to enjoy their life here and do really cool stuff that they couldn't do back home. Hmm. Uh, I, th- I think the one thing that everyone has that, uh, you know, I talked to 200, 300 people, whatever it is in the show. And one thing that people that had that really like, you know, there's some people that just found another, a teaching job that's not teaching English, but it's still not a good job. There's still plenty of those that still exist, by the way. Um, but the people that kind of can get past that, right, get a good job in Japan, they want to be doing is the ones that they they have the fire in them to they like be working in Japan is what they really, really want to do. So like they like nothing they, they just won't stop until they got it. You know, like and some people have this kind of they they, they kinda okay, I want to go to Japan and enjoy for a year. Then they kind of get stuck here as we do. But then they set this kind of medium goal of I just want to not be teaching English. So if you have that as a goal is like I just don't want to be teaching English, anyone could do that, right? But it doesn't mean you're gonna be happy when you do it, you know, because there's a lot of jobs that aren't teaching English that just aren't good. Uh, and there's, you know, people can make the situations better and stuff in different ways. But uh, I think the, 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 to answer the question, it you really have to want to be working in Japan and you really have to be willing to put in the stuff. Just like learning Japanese, right? Everyone knows if you want to get a better job in Japan, learning Japanese is better than, than not, right? Knowing Japanese. But to learn Japanese to any level that you can use in a business setting is really, really hard and takes a lot of, of dedication and time and you know, a lot of people can can BS you and say, "Oh, it's easy." To, you know, it's just, it's a few months thing. You could be going. It's not like that. You know, and I know you know that too. It's really a challenge. I mean, and you know, all the I know you see all these online ads and stuff that say like, you know, oh, learn it in three weeks, you're fine. It's it, it's not like that, and that's not real life. So, but but the people listening out there right now that are saying that that really want to work in Japan, they hear that challenge and they get excited. You know, that's what I think is the difference. Like people can. Hear the challenge that, yeah, I'm ready for it, you know? And it's not like a, something, oh, I got to learn Japanese too. Oh, my God, I'm never going to do that. It's not like that for the people that really, really want to make it work. Right. And you can see, like, when you meet those kind of people that they, um, this sort of, the long-term, the kind of guy that you said, the one who comes to Japan for a year and gets stuck here, and you can see them sort of t- start to turn bitter a little bit after, you know, five or ten years of sort of doing ALT work, and they get a little bit embittered by, uh, probably by the the foreigners who came here before them and, and taught them to be, <laughs> to get angry <laughs> about things. Um, but then there are people who are here after 20 years, and they still love it, they're still excited about it, and those are the people who have really caught, sort of, they've realize that Japan is where they want to be and they actually put a lot of effort into making this a worthwhile place for them rather than, you know, sort of feeling stuck here. Yeah, yeah. And let's that's, that's not, that's not beat around the bush here. Be, like, living in Japan, especially if you can't speak Japanese well, is, is going to be a harder place to find a position. But again, if that's what you really want to do, you're willing to fight through that, right? It's just there's, there's going to be more opportunities in your home country, probably, than there is in Japan. You know, upper mobility for sure, right? But it's just some people that, that, again, it's not a negative for them. It's just a challenge that I'm willing to accept. So that's kind of the mm. people that I think really go far. Right. 
So what are some of the best things about Japan that you want to bring back with you to your home country? You're in the U.S., is that right? Yeah, yeah, U.S. So uh, the biggest difference now that I've been here five months, I can really see. Um, so the big difference is obviously the customer service is a big difference. Um, the first, the first, you know, I was kind of, my wife came with me to back to America, and I was kind of hoping, you know, it was a smooth transition for her. But the first interaction with a like customer service thing was when we got to the airport. She has to give her visa to say, "Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm okay to come to America and all that stuff." The guy literally just put his hand out and said, "Like, you know, the kind of come here sign with his hands." <laughs> so uh. just not, not a single word said. I was like, "Oh no!" And this, my wife was just like, "Wow, that's that's the level we're at here." <laughs> I was like, "Well, that's not everyone, you know." But it's just uh, it's a big difference. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Right. People and I, I remember when I was in Japan, guys, and I remember when I first started in Japan, I was like, "Oh, people aren't speaking Japanese to me, even though I can speak Japanese to them." And I got real like, I felt like I was slighted by that. But trust me, everyone's trying to help you, and it's, they're trying to help you way more than they are in, well, at least in America. I don't know about everyone's home country, but everyone has your best interests in mind, I, even when they're just, they, they refuse to speak to you in Japanese. It's just because they're trying to help. You know, they're trying to, like, this guy probably doesn't, doesn't know Japanese, so if I speak Japanese, I'm helping him. So, you know, please don't waste your mind about, uh, you know, getting upset when people speak to you in English, like, like at least I did. I know other people are like me, too. They kind of, it's a little bit of a slight you feel it, but don't, because they're just trying to help you. Everyone's trying to help you, uh, for the most part. Of course, there's some, some, some uh, exceptions to that, but for the yeah, vast majority of people, they're trying simple. to help you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel that a lot is that when people are really trying so hard to help, it can be frustrating because it's the same way every time um, yeah. that people will try and help you in English, even though they can't speak English and you can speak Japanese. But um, but I do agree with you that it's usually just people being too helpful. There's a great word for that in Japanese, which is osekai, which is like someone trying to help you so much that it actually causes you a problem. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a really yeah, great yeah, word. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also remember, guys, when they say you're Nihongo Jozu after you said one word, again, they're just trying to you know, give you a legitimate compliment, I think. I know there's some, some deep conversation online about how that's like mm. a, a little bit of a, a racist comment, but I don't say that at all. But yeah, I, me. I think a lot of people mistake. Um, I, I, maybe it's because, you know, uh, the word racism in America is quite commonly used for, for a lot of different things. But I think there's a difference between racism and a unfamiliarity with foreign people, right? So we come from more multicultural societies. Like I come from the UK, you come from America, and we have a lot of different people from different countries. And, and I, you know, I grew up thinking nothing of it. And you don't realize that when you come to Japan, especially if you're out in the, the sticks, you know, somewhere rural, that you aren't, they, they aren't trying to be racist. They've just maybe very rarely seen anyone who looks like you before, or they've never spoken to someone who looks like you before. It makes a really huge difference to their... Um, to their day, whereas you know, for us it would be nothing. So um, yeah, I I think that sort of like oh Nihongo Jozu thing is probably just most Japanese people think well if you say like something nice like that to someone they're going to be happy and they don't yeah, realize yeah. that it has like this whole like uh, online especially like people have learned online that it's got this horrible connotation when it really I don't think for most people that it does. Yeah, and, you, yeah, and some people like, you know, 80, 80s, 90-year-old, you know, grandmas are saying it to you. You think they really are being racist, guys? I mean, think about it, you know? They're just trying to say a yeah. comment to a foreigner. What's the comment right. they can say? It's easy. That's it, you know? But um, that's what I – one comment I guess I should say is like as you stay – the longer you stay in Japan, you know this too. You go through kind of like waves of like – when I first got to Japan and people said Nihongo Jozo, I was like, whoa, people are saying oh, Japanese is good. You know, it's awesome. <laughs> and then it got to the phase of like, wow, I, I didn't really talk and they still said that. 
it's kind of that's offensive yeah. to me. You know, and then, <laughs> and, then, and then you get to the point where you're like you're like I don't care. You know, it's just you, yeah. The earlier you can get like you know get past those waves of, of stuff. I, I think you have to live it through like live it through it yourself though to really get past those kind of waves of different feelings of things. I don't know. Right. You realize your Nihongo is Josu when they stop saying that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, so yeah. so you've been gone like five months now. Uh like you're back in America, so you've gone kind of used to it. I mean, it's uh I, I guess it's a better time to be in Japan at the moment in with COVID and everything. But um yeah, how do you how do you now feel about your time in Japan now that you've had some sort of distance from it? Um what do you feel about your your like ten or eleven years here? Yeah, I guess um, that's a tough one. So I was just thinking about that when I made the the ten episode kind of retrospective uh, for the show, when I was kind of getting ready to leave, I thought about that a lot, and I was thinking, what do I think about my whole time, right? So it, it's like obviously because I felt, you know I got married, had two kids there, that kind of makes it like no matter what, that's going to make it positive. So for a second here, not to not to sound rude, I'm going to like pr- pretend that didn't happen, you know, and I think about my time personally, personally in Japan, what did I do with my time? And I think there's some good positive and negatives, right? So positively, I I set a goal about two years into my time in Japan where I was like, all right, I'm going to get N1. I'm going to get a job that's not teaching English. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I thought I was going to live in Japan forever and just, you know, be a Japanese working guy. Uh, obviously, you know, you pick these big plans and a lot of times, you know, they don't turn out as you want it. But I am, I am proud to say that I did stick with that goal. Uh, until I achieved part of it, right? So I got a job that wasn't teaching English and could pay the bills. I could stop being an English teacher. But when that happened, I also kind of, I lost my goal of passing N1, the N1 test. Because like, you know, it, it, it's, I always say, you can't learn language fully until you really have a reason to do it. And once my reason kind of left, I, I was making money now in Japanese, I the fire just left my body, right? The, the fire to study for as many hours as I was studying was just, zapped you know and it, and uh i do wish though I, I i stuck with it and got n1 because that was a huge goal of mine i i wrote it on the wall of my apartment it was like i'm gonna pass n1 one day and uh i just i lost it i i, I didn't i didn't accomplish that goal um but just a you know a piece of paper is, is whatever it's a piece of paper uh you know if you, I, I don't i don't have n1 that's something affect my life at all but it it would have been nice to do that goal but uh in terms of other goals um I don't think I visited Japan enough. I, I was so uh, I was so in 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 one. I had one goal in mind, and I think that's a good thing to be co- focused on one goal. But I just that was it. I was concentrated on getting Japanese skill up and finding a job that wasn't teaching English, and everything I did was just about that. So, oh hey hey James, we're going to you know Tokyo this weekend. My friends would say that you want to come. Oh, I can't go. I, I got to study. I, mean, I was I was serious. I mean, I was like too much, right? And I think I wish I had more fun as I say, have more fun. I wish I did have more fun and wasn't so goal-oriented. You know, like I know that's it's like it's kind of positive and negative. It's one of those things where if they ask you at a job interview, what's your what's your weak point? I try too hard. That's the you know that but for me I think I kind of I didn't have enough fun. And and I, I and uh that's one thing I wish I did. I, I saw more of Japan. I, I kind of embraced Japan more. I just kind of saw this challenge of Japan was placing me this challenge and I had to overcome this challenge. And I, right. I wish I looked about at it a little differently. 
Like, right, it's very easy to sort of miss the wood for the trees kind of yeah. thing. Like, especially if you if you get tunnel vision on something like um, a single certification, like the N1, which I think a lot of foreigners do get that kind of tunnel vision because the N1 is kind of seen as, okay, now you can work in Japanese. You can work in a normal Japanese company. You're, you're more accepted in the culture. Um, whereas, you know, and especially since the general level of Japanese in most foreigners in Japan is pretty low. Um, like, I can speak Japanese reasonably well. I'm at about N3 level. Um, and so kind of the same as you. Like, once I started working in other things and realized, okay, well, the whole goal of learning Japanese so I could work in a Japanese company, it's like, well, I'm already doing stuff that I really love doing. So I don't really need that anymore. And um, so, but even so, I'm still probably better than 95% of foreigners in Japan. It's just like... The, yeah, the level the level is pretty low. So I, I know a lot of people who have kind of focused on that Japanese thing on getting that in one, and it's it's uh, it can be kind of like a double edged sword. Yeah, and again, you don't even need it. I mean, really, guys, you don't. If you want to get it, that's cool. But it's not. It's most jobs that say, hey, you need N one here. If you have an awesome resume and your resume looks good and you you know you can handle an interview, you're fine. I mean, I've a lot of people I know have done that, and I did that too. You know, hey, you, to be a translator at this company, you have to be N one. I didn't get N one. I still applied and got a lot of those jobs. So don't let that stop you. By the way, um, a, another thing for me was that I wish I didn't do was the another one of these waves kind of thing. Is you get to Japan, you're just new, bright eyed. Wow, Japan is awesome. And then you kind of see people that have been in Japan a long time and you see people that speak Japanese really well and you kind of like, I kind of like idolize them. Like, wow, they're, they're really living in Japan. You know, it's like, you know, I, I want to be like them, you know? And uh, you spend all this time. Again, like I said, I just, I was a hermit for a long time. Was just, I was just doing Japanese. I was all I was doing. I didn't, I didn't enjoy Japan enough. So I wish to people out there listening, remember where you are. And even if you think you're going to live there forever, you might not, you know? So Enjoy Japan too. Uh, it's health. It's healthy to uh, enjoy the country you're living in. Um, so be sure to get out there and enjoy things uh, as well. I guess is my uh, advice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so other than that, what would be another piece of advice that you'd give to somebody who's coming to Japan for the first time? Like something that would help them to sort of get the lay of the land and not sort of fall into the traps that a lot of foreigners fall into. Mm-hmm. I, I see. That's I got. I'm contradicting myself, but there's like two kind of. There's kind of two ways people go, or maybe maybe three. There's one kind of people that are, they can go to any situation, make friends, and then live it up, right? And those people have really have no problem in, in foreign countries anywhere, I assume. Uh, but there's other kind of people that like, you know, maybe it's their first time away from the parents and stuff. They need a little bit more familiarity. So what they do kind of is team up with other foreigners. And, and, and once you do that, I'm not saying there's anything negative with that, but once you do that, it's a dangerous, it's a slippery slope, right? Because once you make your circle around you all foreigners, that really lowers your chances of, of, of A, like kind of enjoying Japan fully, uh, learning about Japan fully, and really learning Japanese fully, right? If you get that kind of bubble around you, it's tough to break out of that. Uh, and really, I've, you know, you see people spend, I'm sure you've seen it too, I mean, you see people spend five years in Japan, but they never talk to Japanese people except when they go to work, right? So... That's cool if that if, if that's that's okay with that's okay with you, right? A lot of people graduated college, they want to come to Japan, have fun, they like having foreign friends, and that's totally cool, totally awesome. Nothing negative about it. But if you are one of these people that want to live long term, you really got to be careful about making that your home base of friends is only foreign people. Uh, so you want to make work harder, I guess, to find some Japanese activities to do. So you hopefully make some Japanese friends as well, because that's really going to uh, benefit you more career-wise, culture-wise, everything-wise, uh, you know, right. is to have some Japanese friends as well. 
Right, it's going to open your mind a lot. I think I noticed when I first came here that I lived in a really small town in Fukuoka, and、mm. I spoke more Japanese there than for the rest of my time in Nagoya and Tokyo because <laughs>、yeah. I had like I couldn't do anything else but speak Japanese. Right, like I didn't know many people who spoke English, and I didn't come all this way, like nine thousand miles from the UK, to just hang out with with、uh, <laughs> with other English people. Like I could have had plenty of time hanging out with English people back home. Yeah. yeah.、Um, so yeah, I I totally agree with you. On that one, that's a really good point.、Mm-hmm. It's just and and don't. Here's another last one thing I'll say also because a lot of people obviously come as English teachers.、Uh, you know, every situation different, obviously, but usually you're going to have a lot of free time. Don't waste the free time, right? If if you want to stay in Japan long term, I mean, if you want to spend Japan a year and just live it up, just you know, do whatever you want to do at your desk, you know, watch Netflix or whatever, that's fine. But if you want to spend a long term in Japan, that that has to be time you use wisely, right? You have to be studying Japanese during those down hours you have because. That's the, it, you're never going to get time like that back in your life. Now, as a motor, I can tell you, you're not going to have as much free time as you do when you start being an ALT with these free classes and stuff, right? So, use that time wisely. Yeah, especially if you once you get kids, a lot of people、um, uh, they they don't they don't realize how free they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I got two kids now.、Uh, you, the free、yeah. time goes away, so it, you, use it while you have it. Right. So, why did you leave Japan then? Um, so again, my my goal was hey live in Japan forever. That was my goal. I'm gonna get a job and all that stuff. But then、um, we got married and with a Japanese woman, and we started talking about how like we both kind of didn't like how、uh, some half children get treated here, right?、Uh, in school, and we my wife had worked in education too before, and she's seen it and I've seen it too. Where half is kind of you know in some situations it could be like oh. Wow, he, you ran fast,、uh, Kosuke. Oh, yeah, of course, your dad's your dad's American, or your wife's American, right? You, you, you just get those kind of situations, and that kind of really bothered、uh, us, you know, because be, be getting treated differently because who you are is not like a negative thing. It's up to you to kind of overcome that. If people treat you differently because you have one arm or whatever, hey, you got to, you know, that's that's who I am. I don't care.、And、I understand that side of things too, but we just thought that. In America, if we take our kids back to America, they are just two kids. They're not two half kids, right? That are kind of special in some way. And what kind of when my first son came out and we took him to preschool for the first time,、uh, it just happened right away. It was just all about how oh he can teach the class English. That's I mean they, they said that like what he's he he can barely talk right now <laughs> you know you know and that kind of stuff like really said okay well let's let's try to make the goal of moving to America before he starts first grade so he can kind of get his roots you know make some friends at a young age in America and、uh, yeah that was that wasn't the only reason I mean that's to be fair I was really tired of of, of Japanese winters I, I mean it sounds like a joke but I was really tired of it I was really tired of Going outside in the freezing cold. That's understandable. Hey, it's cold outside. But when I go inside, my house is also that cold. I it just ten <laughs> years of it. Ten years of it wore me down. I was like, I, I gotta、uh, go. <laughs> I I totally I totally feel you on that one. I'm from the UK, and I I couldn't believe I'd know I. There's no radiators in Japan, and I'm just like, why don't they have radiators? It's like the most, it's like cheap house heating. Like why? This makes no yeah. sense. Yeah, and you've、yeah. got to spend like eight thousand yen to heat like this. Like twenty square meter apartment, <laughs> it's it's insane. Yeah, so yeah.、Um, yeah, so I no, I totally understand that one.、Um, yeah. What? Lot of, so, lot of, one more thing. I also also want to get like、uh, one more th- 
point on that. Besides the weather and stuff, I just don't like how also Japan is. There, you know, Japan is technologically advanced, but really, it's not in any way that affects your life, right? Like, I was just tired of not like using a credit card. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, not like. I, I just some of that stuff starts grinding on you, you know. And I, I when I've been here ten years, you're kind of like, why am I using cash to pay for stuff? This is so bad, you know. It's like some of that's that's the, the little tiny. Uh, there's a there's a phrase for it I can't think of, but the little tiny cuts, death by a thousand cuts, maybe that's it. Uh, the, yeah, the little tiny grinder things kind of got to me too much, I think. Right, because like I think a lot of people get those kind of feelings about. I, I noticed this in uh, in foreigners who leave Japan is they get those kind of feelings about things where it's just like. For me, it doesn't bother me all that much that, you know, when I go to a, a restaurant or something, it takes ages to get the check because they're being super polite to everybody. And it's just like, this is taking 10 minutes. Like, you're wasting my time. <laughs> but um, I have, you know, there are friends of mine who would get frustrated with that kind of thing. But for me, it's like, okay, well, you know, it's kind of irritating, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so I guess, like, those kind of feelings, I wonder as well, like, for what you think of this. So there are sort of feelings that you recognize in foreigners who are, you're just like, it's probably time you left Japan. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so what are the, what are the sort of things that you hear foreigners say when you're thinking that when you're just like, you should probably, yeah, it's probably about time for you to go. If you're getting that frustrated by this small thing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I wonder like, cause I, I still think like I could have lived in Japan fine. I, I, I didn't, I wasn't angry. I, I I think when people get really angry at the country itself, kind of, you know, people like they turn their conversations into like, oh, Japan is so stupid because of this and stuff. And like, I don't know, I think it's just overly complaining. Like, even though the things I'm saying, I never complain to people about it. Like, in, when I met people out, you know, at, on the street, in the bar, or whatever, I would not, like, my life is not consumed by the, the little qualms I have with Japan. But like, some people, like, that's all they do is complain. I think that's everywhere in every situation. But, you know, you met those foreigners at, at the, at, and they just, all they do is complain about everything. It's like, you know, and then they're like, that's not that bad, you know? It's like, oh my God, the NHK guy came again. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine, but just, just don't answer the door, man. It's not that big a deal. Or like, oh, my job is making me do a meeting tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, it's just a meeting. I mean, you do have to work here. You know, it's just that you, you, when you start complaining about ridiculous stuff, it's kind of like, all right, maybe, I don't know if you're going to be happy anywhere, is what I want to tell them. But, uh, it's just there's some point where like you can see someone that's all they do is complain, and, and some people are just like that. That's their personality. I don't think Japan has anything to do with it. To be honest, but I, I I agree with you to some extent, but I also think that there's a problem with um, a lot of the foreigners, especially the ones who have been here for a long time and who are here because they got stuck, like you said. Um, I think those kind of foreigners who like it, it kind of relates to a lot of what you were saying is that. When you come to Japan, there are these foreigners who have been here for a long time. They can handle everything fine. They speak a little Japanese. And you just kind of look up to them and just think, wow, like, I, I hope I can be able to speak that Japanese that well and handle my daily life in Japan so easily instead of being sort of wide-eyed and, and not knowing what's going on. And um, the issue is, and I, I felt this especially when I uh, lived in Fukuoka, one of the first schools I taught with, there was a teacher there who j would just be really negative about everything and and really, you know, every time I'd be like, oh, wow, I love like this thing in Japan. And they'd be like, well, yeah, well, this one sucks or something. <laughs> and And those people, I think they kind of, there's like a culture within a lot of foreigner groups in Japan that kind of skews negative. Mm -hmm, yeah. I, I guess, yeah, I think it's, I mean, I know what you're saying. There's a lot of groups online that are, the huge groups online that love being negative. And I, we're, I'm probably going to be called like a Japan lover for what I'm saying, even though I haven't said anything that's like great about it. But it's just, uh, some people like just like to, and that's the internet, right? I mean, that's the internet culture. It's like being negative about stuff is better than being positive about stuff. And let's be fair. I mean, there is a lot of negative things about Japan. There's a lot of things about 
negative things about America. I'm not saying I, I'm still feeling the little tiny negative things about America right now more than ever, right? I mean, I feel those kind of small things, but it's just where where do you want to be, right? What, where do you want to feel? I want to be in a place where yes, there's some negative things in America, a lot of them, but at least I'm warm in the winter. <laughs> that kind of you know, kind of, you know. So I don't know. It's just that's what it, and ultimately ultimately is about the, my kids, but uh, a lot of things left to me saying, okay, I'm ready to go. And a lot of people, why they don't go home is a real question. Like, right of those people that you're mentioning, why don't they go home, right? But I know it's it's scary, right? I mean, it's, it is scary, and it's Japan is a nice big comfort blanket when you want it, right? Yeah. I think that is part of it as well, is that, um, because I, I do actually feel this myself sometimes, where um, the last time I went back to home to, to England, I went into London, and I just felt that kind of like slight unease, unsafety compared to Japan, where it's like you can walk home at 3 a.m. drunk out of your mind and you'll get home fine. Like people will help you get home. There's like almost zero chance of like getting robbed or or anything like that, like anywhere in Japan. I've never felt unsafe anywhere. Um, and that, you know, that I think that it kind of lowers your baseline like core strength and it makes you fragile to be like in a place where it's so safe that nothing could ever possibly happen to you (laughs) and then going home and just being like ah maybe i should you know not leave my bag on the table when i go to the bathroom or something like (laughs) just like that kind of thing hold your seat with your wallet (laughs) yeah right you can do that in japan and and the people people absolutely love that i think that's one of the biggest things that um that keeps people around is that they just they just love that feeling of safety but it's always trade-offs right it's trade-offs that you you get that feeling of safety because of all of the other things that you maybe don't like so because the school system is so regimented and because they you know people behave in a in a sort of very fixed way in a lot of uh places that that leads to the ability to go okay well i can do this because i know that everyone's going to behave in this certain way yeah that's interesting that's i never thought about that way that's true and i mean let's not let's also let's not forget about the career side of things right because when you got to go home it's real if you let's say you just let's say you were a jet for five years then you got a you got another English, you know, a Kaiwa job for a few years and you want to go back to your home country. You're basically starting over, right? I mean, in terms of, I know you, there's some ways you could, you could, you could pad your resume a little bit with that jet stuff, uh, but it's not, it's not a lot. It's not, it's not a, a sparkling spot on the resume, right? So, I mean, that's, that's really scary too. It's, it's like, you got to, you're starting over. Okay, now I'm 30 or whatever you are and you got to go back to your home country. Now I'm going to start my career. That's, that's scary too. And I know that's why a lot of people say, I, I better just stay in Japan. Yeah, because you've got to figure out how to make those things work for you back home. So I started this a couple of years ago, like maybe five years ago, uh, when I first started the Live Work Play Japan um, website, was saying, so like I said at the beginning, is figure out what is your value and and go with that. Like actually put some effort into it, put some, get some, not only qualifications, but some experience doing those things. So that's why, you know, when I was still teaching English, um, I got some side jobs making websites and doing marketing for, for companies and doing some design work and sort of learning all of these different skills. So I could have something when I, you know, if, if, and when I decided to leave Japan. Um, and, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about until it's too late until they've been doing English teaching for five or six years. And then they're just kind of like, I'm not sure what I can do and get paid for it, or I'm not sure what skills I can learn that I can actually gain benefit from. And I, and I don't think it's that hard now with the internet. I don't, I don't have as much sympathy for those kind of people as I used to, because I don't think there's much excuse to sort of not put work into developing yourself so that you actually have some future 
prospects. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, you can, again, we, most teaching jobs, most, I know there's someone listening out there who's saying they teach you know, five days a week, six classes a day. But in most situations, you have some time that you can do something. And if you have to do it at home, you have to do it at home. Um, the, 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 the people that are, I feel really bad for, I know they exist, is people that got married in Japan, got kids, all while being an ALT. And once you have that situation, that's tough to dig out of because it's, you know, you, you, who knows how much time you have for this kind of, le- you know, bettering yourself. You have, to, you have to rely on that ALT income. It's tough to get out of that. And I feel bad for those people, but I, I, I promise you if you try it, you, you, you can find a way out. But it might take you a, lo- a lot longer, but you can do it. You just got to if you gotta put your feet down and say, I don't want to be doing this forever, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so one last question. So yep. if you could go back to when you first got to Japan, what advice would you give yourself to sort of overcome some of those uh, early problems that you had or what would you avo- try to avoid? Oh, okay. Uh, just don't... <laughs> don't have an ego, right? Don't tr- you don't have to impress anybody. Just impress yourself. That's I remember I spent a lot of time studying Japanese when I thought it was for me, but I know looking back, maybe it was just so I could be one of those cool people, you know, like I wasn't doing it for the, the, the right reasons kind of, even though it did, I accomplished my goal of, of getting a non-teaching job. So I guess it's good, positive, but I don't think, I don't know if I don't like, I don't, looking back, I don't like the reasons I was studying Japanese. I just did it because I wanted to be this kind of, hey, I'm a master of Japan dude. And that's not really a good, it's not really, I don't know if it's a positive way of going about life. Now, it worked out for me because it made me try really, really hard, and I, I studied a lot of hours. I look back now, and I was like, wow, I, I would study 10 hours a day and stuff, and it'd be like having fun still. Now I look at that, and I've like studied for one hour a day. I was like, oh, my God, I'm done, you know? But it's just – I don't know if my head was in the right place. Um, so think about your goals really, and don't don't worry about anyone else. That's I guess I would tell myself is, James, don't worry about anyone else. Just worry about yourself, you know, just – what do you want to do, and what do you? What is the fastest way to make that happen? Uh, and and I think I would have been more happy in my time in Japan, especially you know the midterm five six year period before I met my wife and stuff. And I was just myself, just my. I had this goal of of, of getting N one and getting a job in Japan, uh, getting a non teaching job in Japan. I just was all about it, and I would have had more fun if I kind of was doing it for me rather than uh, some kind of image I wanted to find. I think. Hmm. That's really, that's a really interesting and, um, very poignant, um, message because I think a lot of people do that. They look for reasons to sort of big themselves up and, and, uh, their ego is really driving a lot of their behavior and that can be a really powerful thing. But you know, in the end, like, do you want to be charging like headlong towards a goal that isn't really your goal? That isn't something that really speaks to your core. Yeah, it's just yeah. something that you're doing for like reputation or like to look good in front of other people. Yeah, that's that's the main one. It's just it's now that I'm older, I can see it. But I, I, again, it's one of those things where, when I was you know in my twenties, you got to see you got to do it yourself to figure it out, right? I I, I wish right. I could tell everyone out there, hey, don't get pissed when someone says Nihongo Jozu, but people are still going to get pissed, right? You got to live through it yourself to kind of uh, get over that, I think. But it's uh, I, I wish I could tell myself that now, but you know that's that's life. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for telling me all of these uh, these great insights that you've had from being here for so long. And uh, yeah, I, ho- I wish you the best in the United States with your wife and your kids. Thanks, man. Yeah, good luck with the show. Keep it going strong. Um, it's been a lot of yeah. fun doing this uh, for five years now. I, I started the podcast kind of like, let me just see what happens. And then I was doing it six years later. I was like, oh my God, wow. I can't believe I did it. That's and, amazing. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So I can't wait to see what you do with it. And I hope it lives, yeah. lives forever. 
yeah, I really hope I can keep the Inside Pod, uh, Inside Japan podcast alive and sort of really help out people who are living here because I, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I probably listen to like, you know, between five and 10 hours of podcasts a week. I have a lot of different podcasts I listen to. And um, I know that the ones I really keep up with are the ones that give me actionable information about whatever topic they're about. Like it gives me something that I can go, oh, wow. And actually it changes my life rather than just something like, oh, that's interesting. And then I go about my day. So um, I hope that's going to be the point from now on that's uh, and and I'm sure it has been for a lot for you as well but that's what I'm really going to focus on is just make sure that it's stuff that people can really like realize something new learn something new and put into practice in their daily life yeah yeah that's I, I agree because sometimes you listen to podcasts are like just about being like I don't know it's a comedy podcast or whatever like you listen to it, it's like well that was cool but you know but if you listen to a podcast that tells you how to do something it's kind of you know a little more value there so good luck with yeah, that absolutely and I guess awesome. I'll do thank this. you so much James yep I'll do the sign off final time guys you know what to do out there in Japan wherever you are have more fun see ya. I really hope you enjoyed today's Inside Japan podcast dive deeper into our world and learn more about what awaits you check out altinsider.com and for regular up to the minute job postings check into jobsinjapan.com for the next big gig Please tune in for our regular excursions into the world of Japan and good luck. Gambate!